Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Tell me what to do. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, uh, and we're joined, as always, by the housewife's favourite, the owl. I'm bringing it back, uh, Louis McCaffrey. Very happy to be here, regardless of what you call me. Okay, you're, as I said earlier, you're looking more and more uh, like a Boston sort of uh, youth. I don't know what gangster. this means. I don't know like if a, this is Like good. a young Boston gangster track. You know, he's on the up. Look, cause look at the top and the thing. Like a very young. departed. Yes, you look like you could be oh. in the departed. It's, it's, not, it's no bad thing. Like that sounds great. Yeah, the hair's gelled back. You know, you're yep. willing to do some stuff to get in with the boss. I'm technically the boss at this point, so... You could get whacked. Yeah, well... I'm, just I'm probably the weird foreigner that will get whacked quite early on. That is the voice, ladies and gentlemen, of um, our Norwegian correspondent, um, all-round good guy. Um, well, that's debatable, actually. Yeah. Christian Wilf. Christian Wilf. Great to be back. In the few times I have been back last year, Louis hasn't been here, so no. it's a pleasure Long time no privilege see. to see that hair up close again. It's, it's sensational. <laughs> it's terrific. Um, sitting behind the Larry David poster, the new framed Larry David uh, and right beside... I know, quite a threesome between me, Ronnie and Larry. Larry David, yeah, g- terrific. Yeah. Happy we all, all through those guys. And Marek, above the telly. And yes, Marek, um, who is, of course, um, very similar looking to Groucho Marx. And Marek is right next to Brendan Rogers as well. Brendan Rogers. Okay, look, people can't see this. Um, I'll, I'll tweet a picture. I'll tweet a picture of the, the duck suit poster I've got. But yeah, very... Very interesting. Uh, Christian, it's great to have you back. Of course, you were one of the chief proponents and editors of The Supplement. Tell us a little bit more about it. So, I will, Gal. So, The Supplement is something we've uh, launched one edition of. So, I think we took uh, a long, hard look at the website and said, look, everything happens so fast now on Twitter, you know, 24 hours news, you know, we're not going to be able to update it, busy as we are all the time. So, take a step back, but we still think that people really like to read about football, read about Celtic, read about other football, maybe from a Celtic perspective. So we went out and we got some of the guys who used to write for our website and we got out and found some of the, we know, we know writes good stuff um, other places. And we said, look, give us an article every two months, different categories. We got history in there. We got stats. We got features. We got Irish football, something for everything. Yeah. Um, so, so it's been out for a few uh, weeks now, very good response. I think maybe once I get a bit <laughs> more organized, we can maybe have one or two of the guys on some of the posts to just come and talk about Celtic in general and what they're written about as well. So no, so we're looking to, 
Yeah, so first of all, go to the website. Um, there's about 11 articles there on Celtic, on, on different things. And then, Marco Van Basten? Uh, I think, yeah, maybe. Okay. Um, Did that not get pulled? I, I, Chris uh, snuck it in there. But uh, yeah, we're looking to get the new one out 1st of March. And as always, if you're interested in writing... Uh, for the 90 minutes, just uh, let us know on the Twitter and we'll uh, get in touch with you. Yeah, just DM us on the Twitter at 90 Minutes Cynic. The website itself, which you forgot to mention, <laughs> pretty obvious though, isn't it? Is it? Is it? Is it? It's 90 Minutes Cynic. But, com. but obvious, isn't it? No, on that. Not, none of that. WordPress.com or nah, know, nah. CO.uk, you know. Yeah. .com. Uh, Louis, will you be getting back in the writing seat? You've already got a Thank smile on your face. Are you just a podcaster from now on? Uh, I'm just. I'm just a podcaster. I've got enough writing to be done. He's, he's really um, more visual talent, but we're not quite there with the uh, video setup. And just by the way, just so you're aware, you're not just a podcaster. You are one of the podcasters. Do you know what, Chris? I might be, I might be writing under an alias that no one knows. It's terrific, and uh, Boston, Boston Hood, whatever I am, that might be my new. Oh, you, my you, new actually quit, you, you usually don't mention the, the the nicknames so quickly, so you're yeah, right. You're yeah. right into it. Uh, well, it's been a while since we pod- were supposed to quote podcast last year, but unfortunately, Chris Bowd is on his deathbed, or he's not. He's not well. Last year, well, last week. What? Last week. Well, we were supposed to record last week, but well, you said last year. I said. I said last week. I said last year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we were supposed to record last week, but um, unfortunately, Bowed's a bit ill. And good, good, get get well soon, Bowed. Yeah, God bless him. He's in all our thoughts and prayers. Uh, Stay strong. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's that bad. He's got, yeah. Um, his beard's terrific, though. Um, okay, so this is the first podcast we've done in quite a while. Um, two weeks. Two weeks. It's quite a while for us, to be fair. Uh, we just want to mention that every, all the. Podcasts seem to be doing um, quite interestingly well. Some guys getting some really interesting interviews. Uh, Glasgow is green. Actually, DM'd us and talk, you know the fact that we'd um, we'd already interviewed Brian O'Neill and just letting us know that we, they were doing it as well. Which I thought classy, classy move from them. Um, and obviously, Twenty Minute Tim's are doing some interesting stuff as well. So it's good that there's lots of you know different pod. Obviously, Hail Hail Media as well. Um, it's good that there's podcasts for everyone, even though Celtic. Uh, you know, it's one club, but I think all the podcasts. T- I mean, we're the best. Oh, I, I don't think anybody well, would challenge. Absolutely no. There's no question about that. But God bless these guys for, for you know, keep on trucking. Well keep done, on, lads. Keep, well done, lads. For keep bringing on a lot to the game. Aye, and uh, you know, it's good. You know, we we feel like the Celtic of the, the the Celtic podcast world, and the rest of you guys. It's a competitive league below us. That's what I like. Exactly. So <laughs> there you go. We're obviously semi joking, um, but. So, uh, Celtic, uh, Scottish Cup. Are you a Scottish Cup fan, Louis? Do you enjoy the Scottish Cup? Because um, a wee trip to Albion Rovers um, uh, on Sunday. What do you think about that game? What were your thoughts on it? Uh, well, first off, I am a fan of the Scottish Cup. Um, I like the Scottish Cup a lot more than I like the CIS Cup, which I, I like to still call it. <laughs> um, it's not been called that in about a decade. No, no, it's been a while, but uh, that's what it was for me. Um, no, I do like the Scottish Cup. These ties are a bit always a bit kind of funny, especially when we've came back after three weeks sunning ourselves in Dubai and probably not doing much else. Um, to come back and then have to play, um, oh, in fairness, it was at Airdrie's ground, wasn't it? Um, the Shybreak Celsius Stadium. Indeed. Um, playing their ar- artificial pitch against a lesser team, um, it's one of these ones where, you know, you worry about complacency and whether they're really going to be up for it and things like that. But 
okay, it wasn't the greatest spectacle. It wasn't a a great performance, really, but it was professional and it got the job done. We're through the next round. You can't really complain much. 2-0. No real scares controlled the game. Um, I mean, it wasn't even close to really being a scare, was there? Did you no. see the game, Christian? I did, Gal. Um, what, what, I mean, you just win these games, don't you? I think it was a very similar performance than some of the cup games against lower league opposition. Last season, obviously, you had Stranraer 2-0, East Kilbride 2-0. I think Morton was 2-3-0 as well, and there was a this season with Alloa home at 2-0. So, yeah, it was. it's one of those where it's, it's more a, a question of patience from Celtic's point of view. You know, They were really just playing in a in a U-shape around uh, Albion Roar's uh, 16-yard box. And, I mean, I think they were well-organized, Albion. Um, they were concentrated for, for a lot of it, and they just made the space really, really small for Celtic, which is obviously they intended to do. And that's what kind of what happens with those kind of games. Unless you get a very, a very couple of early goals, you're just going to sit and sit and pass around them and, and wait for somebody to do something special. And that and that's what happened. Yeah, and I mean, you know, that's, as, as you say, I mean, it's, it is a thrill for, for you know, I, I was reading about Albion Rovers, you know, this money really helped them. They were on, you know, going through some really tough times. So it's good that we can give back as, as much as anything. Um, Derek Boyata? Let's get on there. Dedrick or Derek? Dedrick. I'm going to call him Derek now. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> like a Derek. Ah, he does. He does. What do you think, Louis? Because um, we, we were talking, on the, we were talking on the WhatsApp this morning. And I think it was Martin said that he now thinks that Boyata will be now if they had maybe had the idea of a, a bringing in a centre half, they might be past the point of being able to because it might be a bit too late in the window. And he's put Boyata in just to be like, well, there's your cover. Well, I think if it does it, and it gives hope to the likes of uh, Chris Commons, Scott Allen, and Nadia Shifty. <laughs> oh my God, that um, is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, who is this guy? <laughs> and, and where's he came from? I mean, Big Boyata seemed to be out the door, um, and suddenly, the way Rogers is talking, he's back in the fold. I don't know if it's maybe just a bit of, you know, the transfer window's still open. He's, he's not exactly going to rubbish the guy. He's obviously talking him up, because he's probably one of the the deadwood that he could possibly get a bit of currency for. So maybe he's, you know, singing his praises in case anybody's listening. But, I mean, the fact that he's saying that he's played very well in training, I mean, Rogers. if Rogers is going to have the respect of all the players, if he says you need to prove in training and then someone does prove in training, he kind of has to give them a chance. I mean, he gave them a chance, uh, thankfully for me, Keith and uh, Kieran, he decided to give Boyata a chance at the game that we went to, the only game I've been to this season, where we went to, we went, travelled all the way down to Kilmarnock, got a wee bit stuck in traffic and froze my Gahoolies off. And um, yeah, big Boyata played then and was typically pish. Um, <laughs> he was. I mean, he was pretty dreadful. I mean, he looked decent against Albion Rovers, but... Shouldn't he? Well, I think I, mean, I think um, the the Kilmarnock game where I actually you know I watched it with, with Dermot Coyle. Um, we, we talked about how well the pressed us. They pressed us really, really well. One of one of the games where they press, I was impressed. I was impressed with how much they pressed our centre halves. Um, and Boyata was the spare man in the back three. And every time he was in a tight situation, and it, you know every time he was in a tight situation, he seemed to choose the wrong decision. No, there's nothing wrong with passing out, but we want our players to be, you know, progressing up the pitch in a stylish way. But 
every time he chose a pass, it was the wrong pass. Um, before before you go to the man himself, I, I think what he's maybe done is because he get, it, Rogers was talking about how you know keep it simple, win your headers, all that. I think what he's actually done is just taking Boyata maybe up to where they go in the treadmills and that and look over the training pitch. I called it training pitch, like I'm John Collins, but you know I get you know what I mean. <laughs> Looked over and he said, "I want you to sit in this bike. You don't even have to rotate the pedals. Just watch Effie." Watch him, right? <laughs> if you don't get your act together, son, you're going to turn out like him. <laughs> and he watched Effie and he realised he's off his nut. I can't be with him. I need to keep it simple. And maybe that's what he's doing. Um, here's a couple of... I want to get your opinion on Boyata as well. Here's a couple of things about Boyata, though. He is 26. And in his 26 years of professional football, he has played... Um, not very much. Um, 13 games for Manchester City between 2009 and 2015. Um, 14 games at Bolton on loan and 5 games with 20 when he was on loan from City as well. So, I think he almost, he's been at 20, yeah. 20, sorry, sorry to jump in, but he's 27 games for Celtic over the course of last year. Let me ask you this, Christian. What is Boyata worth in the transfer market? If we were to get rid of him, what would you expect then? I don't think it's much, to be honest. I think... Derek Boyata's uh, place in the squad haven't really changed that much. Uh, I think what you have is, if you're looking ahead to next year, I think it's pretty clear that Eric and Yoso is going to be the first um, choice partnership unless Yoso goes. And I think, you know, we had a, a debate on the on the WhatsApp today in, in terms of whether Celtic need to bring a better centre half in to have a chance of progress in Europe. Maybe, but I also think what Celtic needs is consistency in the centre-half partnership because I think it's pretty much been a revolving door um, for the last, ever since Virgil and Denaya went. So I think it's, I think centre-half and defence, and especially centre-half, is probably the part of the team where you can become more of the sum of your parts than any other one. So so if you're well-organised, if you're drilled, if you know each other, you know, you don't have to be a superstar centre-half to to be a solid defence. I think you just need to have a better consistency and you need to be... I think you need to find a really good player uh, if you're going to start and, uh, you know, start again, really, and, and rip up the Eric and Yoso partnership. So I think that's I think that's fine to certain... And then you look at the backups. So I think it's, it's pretty clear. It's it's Colo and, and it's, it's, it's Mika Lustig. And hello. Hello. And I think that's fine. And then also, you know, th- that's your four... First ones, and then I think by sending a year out and sending O'Connell out on loan to have a good look at them for them to get you know a proper playing experience, I think it's pretty clear that those two will come in and be maybe the fifth and sixth choice next season as well. So I just don't see a place for Bayata because he's kind of in between because he's twenty six, he's more established. I mean, sometimes he's close to the, he was close to the Belgium squad last year. So he was I, in the Belgium squad, and yeah, he pulled out through injury. I so just he was playing for the first. He would have been yeah. playing for the f- number one team at that time in the world from an international perspective. He's half a million. And I, f- I just don't think there's, you know, I, th- I think Rogers is sincere when he says, you know, he's, he's been playing well and he's, he's you know, he's, he's a good player. But I just don't see him as a fit. There. Same with Effort. I think those two are on the way out. I think maybe he'll play a part the last part of the season, but. I just don't see a, a natural place for a squad to win let, next let, season. Let me, let me just make one point in terms of uh, experience. 
James McCarthy is 26, and I just chose James McCarthy because I thought of someone who was the same age as Boyata, right? Um, it's got nothing to do with their ability or any of that. Um, James McCarthy is the same age as Dedrick Derek- Boyata. They're both 26. James McCarthy, no, well, I'll tell you what Boyata's actual stats are. Um, Boyata has played 96 games in his career at 26 years old. James McCarthy, who has had many injuries as well, um, has played 366. I think at some part of last season, I think Boyata was just a few games of having started as many games for Celtic as he had in the rest of his whole career. career. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you're looking at that and you're thinking to yourself, it's just, it's just not going to happen for him. Um, I mean, if, if you look at... Uh, it's an interesting point. Do you stick with guys? <clears throat> Is it better to stick with two centre-halves who are a better partnership, but maybe dodgy individually, or to consistently change it to try and find a better centre-half than the guys you've got? Because Eric Svyachenko has um, improved systematically throughout the throughout the campaign. I was critical of him at the start of the season, rightly so, I think. Um, but Yozo not being able to play two games a week, um, the fear is, obviously, we've all, all got that fear that Lustig's going to get himself injured. Uh, probably un- unfairly now, considering he's played... I mean, he plays every week, Lustig. Um, plays the centre-half or, or right-back. Um, my, my question is, would you bring in another centre-half before the end of the window? to bed them in for the Champions League because you don't want Bayata starting in the Champions League do you? No but I don't think he would I, I, But is I, it not better to bring in a guy try and bring in a guy of quality now to try and wrong, I, don't, I don't see what's wrong with Yozo and Eric I think you let that you let that partnership continue for as long as it continues because I, it's still I, improving if it gets to a point where it's stagnated then I just don't think there's be, a good enough player out to that Celtic could get now that would Warrant breaking up that partnership. I'm not saying break up the partnership. What I'm saying is, <laughs> no, I'm not. But what I'm saying is, if you bring in a centre half, just so we're hopefully Touchwood will win the league, hopefully within the next couple of months. Um, then you've got a time where you can just let people get. Ibuwe will be brought in at that point and play a bit more consistently just to bring him in. The thing is, there's still a question mark over Jozo in terms of fitness. Eric was out again. Um, you know, they're not the most. Though. Oh, was he suspended? Right, fair enough. Um, but m- my point is, Joseph still got that question mark over him. Do you not think it would be interesting or smart if you? I'd rather they brought in a centre half now than bring one in in June, in case something happens. Because a Connell for me is nowhere near good enough for Celtic. Ayer, we'll, we'll talk about Ayer in a moment, but I can't see him going into the Celtic from a Champions League perspective. If we get a situation where Eric or Yozo get injured in the first game of the Champions League qualifiers, then you're looking at uh, you're looking at Lustig, who I'm, I'm fine with, but I'd rather his experience in those games is perfect for the position he plays. Um, but you're also looking at Colatore, um, who... That, God, God that, bless him, but he's, 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 he's just... I don't want him starting Champions League games. I don't think we'll see Cole play for Celtic again. You don't think? Nah, I think I think he will go into the the coaching role. And we'll all and applaud if, him. Do you know what? If we, terrific. do you know what? If we if we take him on as a coach, I think that would be really good. Yeah. But I, I can't see him playing for us again. I think personally, I think it'll be Yozo and Eric, and then backups would be Lustig and Boyata. Lustig and Boyata. I don't think. I think personally, I think Lustig's days at right back are. Should potentially be over now. 
Um, Are you happy to send a new deal? Delighted, fantastic. Oh, I would have been, I would have been devastated if he hadn't. But I still think, in the right back position, the way Rodgers wants to play, I think, I think. Um, What's your man's Gamboa. name again? Gamboa should I think he should be given a, a steady run the team now. He's like okay, and, he's like and, he's quite and good. And do you know what? Lustig would be the number one backup in centre half. He's a great. He's 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 good with the ball at his feet. He's intelligent. He doesn't. He wouldn't have to. He wouldn't be required to to run about and do the leg work as much. Do you think that? Do you think that um, Lustig? Takes over the Colotori mantle, considering the la- the mo- all the experience he's got and the lack of experience that Yozo and Eric have at this point. You will need someone if if Colo goes. I think Colo might stay another season. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Lustig is, but he's not that old. I mean, we're talking he's thirty, thirty one now. Thirty, just on thirty. So, but I, I think it's a good point when because Gamboa has come in, maybe a slightly rocky start. It's is is more than you know, taking the level, I think. And he is yeah. on paper a little bit more in terms of the, the player that Rogers want. Um, I still think if I was predict, uh, as, you know, injuries um, permitting, you know, Celtic's starting lineup in one of the first big Champions League games next season, I still think it'd be Tierney, Yoso, Eric and, and, and Lustig. Um, because I think, you know, it, you know those, those kind of games are slightly different in terms of just you have to get through them but no, I think still think that's the first choice back four and to be honest they haven't had that much time to play I think Rogers will now just focus on consistency and drilling that back four uh, until next season because it is a good point in terms of what you said in terms of if you want to bring somebody in and in the situation Celtic is in maybe this is more than ever is that the league is won uh, no longer in Europe no matter who you bring in you know, it doesn't, it's not really going to matter in terms of the Scottish Cup because that's you know it's a one up, one off cup game. You might you know something might happen anyway as we as we've seen. Yeah. So basically, every single effort or you know considerations that Rogers make from now on will be half an eye, more than half an eye on the Champions League in next season. So I think the problem is you just don't have all those kind of players available in this window to bring in. But, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Ibiru comes in now because that's obviously someone he sees as, if not starting, being quite close to that. And he's kind of filling a gap, maybe if Bitton goes in the summer in the squad as well. So I think I think everything that Rogers do from now on, you have to think about why he's doing it. He's doing it because long-term. of the Champions League. Yeah, yeah he's doing it all the um, Interesting you should bring up Bitton. Um Again, you know, we, we talked about Louis away for a P, by the way. Um, talking about... Awesome. Yeah, um, Rogers almost, you know, the game is on Sky Sports, so no matter what you, what anyone will say, you know, there's a bigger exposure to it. People, more people will be watching it, um, more people will be paying attention to it. Boyata and Bitton playing, you got to assume would be to put them in the shop window. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> you'd think so. I think Bitton is, he's always on his way out. You know, I, I think that will. He's starting to get more and more criticism on a week, on a weekly. Yeah, basis, and I think, I think. it's <laughs> there's then, always there's always one player that is the scapegoat, and while I think Bitton has not had a good season by any stretch, he's most used substitute. It he is. He's, he's someone. He's you know in uh, I think in you know in American baseball uh, terms, is a pinch hitter. You know, he's, he's somebody that comes in and just kind of steadies the ship and. and 
the look of disgust on your face. We're just doing American meta sports metaphors. But no, I, I think he's. But he's, he's. I don't think he's. He needs a new challenge, just like Johansson last year, who's who's had a good season in Fulham. But I think, as with Johansson, I think he'll suit both parts if he leaves. And I think a board for coming in, giving him six months to actually bed in. It's, it's quite perfect in that sense. Here's one for you, Louis, Ludog, because you used to be uh, well, a big harpoon as well. Uh, bit on, right? You know, we talk about you know the valuation of players and when should you cash in. And um, Obviously, we've got this massive asset in terms of this striker who is consistently talked about, who turns up for the big games and he's terrific. We, we've talked in the past about how good, this is what's going to annoy me, how good Bitton has been to the point where last year and the year before you were looking at, you know, you were looking at 10 million for Bitton, weren't you? You were looking at 8 to yeah. 10 million quid and you're looking at that thinking, we'll eventually cash that in, don't worry. Now they're talking about 2 million. Is that, do you think that's a fair, is it just, oh, should so we hold out and get more? Because no. it's clearly, but it's clear, is, is it just his form to come to that, that sort of echelon of, of, of price tag or is he worth a lot more than two million and when should we is it is it better just to cut ties or are we going to regret it in a couple of years no i don't i don't think we will regret it now i think you know it takes a it takes a while it takes a season or to two seasons for your price your your valuation or whatever what someone I suppose is willing to pay for you to go up, but for it to come back down it takes six months. months. Aye, yeah, you know it just does not take takes long. Games. If you're not in the team and you're not on form, it doesn't take very long. And now for his for Beaton to get back up to where he was would require too much time, and it would require him to be playing every game for the next season and a half, and that's not going to happen. Um, and I, I don't think it should because. His attitude, for one, has been has been way off what we we would expect. And is that is that not is that not his is that not just him? He's very laid back and he's very uh, relaxed. Days ago, I think I don't necessarily think that's him having a negative attitude on the pitch. I think that might just be his style. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I also I also think he's been hugely let down by his his agent, who I think made that boy believe that he was a a ten fifteen million pound player and he was going to go for win Yama money and and you know it, it was never going to be. And then I think he sulked a bit when he never got the move last summer. But it's just it's not it's not going to happen for him and. That's that's fair enough. I think we cash in, we get as as much money as we can get for him now because I don't think he's got a place in the team. But the funny thing, I was thinking about this watching the game um, on Sunday. You know, we, as you say, we, we kind of when you get that player like Dembele, you know, we worry that especially when a transfer window comes along, you can you want it to shut without him leaving you know you get kind of worried that somebody's going to come along and take him and all right you might get you, you might get good money for him but he's still that asset that you're desperate to keep a hold of you know one player that no one gets that way about and no one is worried that they're going to leave i don't know who scott sinclair Scott Sinclair is the best player at Celtic Park right now. Well, that's, he, that's, that's yeah, interesting. But I, I, keep I, I personally think he is head and shoulders in terms of quality above everybody else. And yet, there, there seems to be like no fear. I mean, he's been here the same amount of time as Dembele. And yet, there is no fear or no talk of, oh, what if somebody comes and takes Scott Sinclair? It's, I mean, obviously, he's at a different point in his career. And his stock maybe isn't on the rise as much, especially down in England. 
But you know, if you were to look at it, if if you were if you were a smart manager down in England, you would try and put in an offer and see what you would get. I, I think you would get knocked back, but I mean, he for me is a, a class above. I think. I think there's a few things, there, and I agree with Louis. I, I would put Scott Sinclair as the player of the season for Celtic so far. But he's, as, as Louis says, he's almost done it almost a bit quietly. <laughs> he's, he's been the player of the season. And I think a lot of that is that dreaded word, like even even the narrative, the media narrative in terms of Dembele, comparing to Dembele. Because Dembele is, you know, such a focus in the media because he's a few things. He, he's young. He's a striker, he's an out-and-out striker, and you don't actually have that many really good out-and-out strikers anymore. And he's banging in the goal. So obviously that's an easy link. It's, it's you know, all clubs always want strikers. Um, and he's playing in a position and is young, whereas there is um, a real lack of supply of them. Whereas Sinclair is in a completely different part of his career. I think he's 27 now. He's been... Badly burnt at City at Aston Villa, he was seen as a bit of a joke. I remember I was when I heard about Celtic playing three million for him. I think I think like you know they must be able to get somebody of much better quality for that somewhere else. And it's really proven myself and probably quite a lot of others people wrong because he's just found that environment he's really happy in. So I think that's you know there's there's not as much as demand for his type of player because you have wingers is and those attacking forwards are a lot more. Um, supply of them basically but I think he's also you know, in a place where he's really happy he's rebuilding his career whereas Dembele is just shooting off in a different trajectory so but, so I think how may that continue hopefully somebody like else would come and if Dembele goes to come and steal the limelight maybe like Paddy Roberts um, when he stays and becomes player of the season next, uh, we'll, next we'll season get to that. The, the I th- want Yeah, the, the thing about um, because you won't let it <laughs> exactly. um, but the, th- the thing about Sinclair that I think is uh, almost a, a gift for us is the fact that at Aston Villa it went so badly for him mm-hmm. because frankly um, they you know, hated him there they, they really, <laughs> really hated him almost as much as they hate Ross McCormack but we'll get to that <laughs> as well um, but they like a kebab down there though <laughs> they do I, he, um, but w- with Sinclair you know he wasted so much of his career at Manchester City I think you know he was so good for Swansea and then he goes to Manchester City and his career stalls and then his, so he'll be sitting here thinking this has happened to me in the past. This is, you know, I'm probably the best form of my career. And look, I mean, he's I'm going to play in the Champions League. If not, you know, we're going to be playing European football next year. Why do I want to go to Stoke? And he seems like a, a pretty level-headed guy. And you can think about, I mean, he's he's going to get a chance there to be the star of a Champions League team. Yeah, and he's he's playing in front of big crowds, and he's he's, he's the main man. So yeah, he can go to England to like a West Brom or a Stoke and and get a lot more money, but. I think he's had a career where he wants to just play, win trophies, and play in the Champions League. Because he's obviously looking at saying, you know, the, you know, the teams the Celtic play this season, and if they just get a slightly weaker opposition next season, you know, there's any every chance you might be playing in Champions League after New Year next season. So yeah. I don't think he's he's just not at the stage of his career we want to move. Whereas Dembele can maybe more realistically say, hey, I can actually go to maybe not a top four yet, but he can become a big star in a in a big club. Yeah. Scott Sinclair just can't do that anymore. I, I, in terms of not a big club, but in terms of a, a wealthy <laughs> club yeah. that can uh, down in England. Um, I, I completely agree. Um, terrific to see KT back. 
Oh, like he'd never been away. I tweet, I, I DM'd him just so you know. I DM'd him because he follows me. Um, he, it went blue, so he's read it. Um, it's did you really? Fuck, did I did. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually? <laughs> I'm pretty pathetic. <laughs> fucking phone blows it, up. It went, for the language. it went blue, so he's read it. And then, um, the, the, you know, the next new left back, uh, Calvin Miller, liked my tweet, so. You know, there you go. Just yeah. kind of the same. I, I said it's in the, the chat. Same. I'll take Islam Farouz. <laughs> I'm not picky. He's <laughs> okay. Um, Hit me up, Islam, if you're, if you're listening. Um, which I'm sure he is. Um, just, you know, you're saying about Scott Sinclair being the player of the year. Um, we lost, we missed Scott Sinclair for about, was it about a month and a half, about, you know, six weeks. And I'm not saying we didn't miss him because you clearly miss a man of, of, of that quality. But we were still winning games with no real, you know, shift in how we were playing. The same cannot be said for Kieran Tierney. Um, I don't, I'm, Scott Sinclair probably is Scott Celtic's player of the year. But I think our most important player, he's not necessarily the best player, but I think our most bizo- important player is Kieran Tierney because he drives that... He is a centre... He's a, sorry, he's a, he's a left-back, but he plays like a winger. But he's still good enough to get back and to read the game. His reading of the game is nothing short of phenomenal at times. He knows when to go forward and when to go back in a way I've never... It's like watching, you know, I'm not saying he's like Maldini, but what I'm saying is it's for such a young boy to come in and to know his role and play it with such ease. He makes Isaiah look like he's playing a different sport. He does. And, you know... I've never, I, you know, as a Geary, I think is he's an honest professional. He seems a terrific guy. I'm sure he's got a great walk, um, but he's just, I just, I don't think he's good enough for Celtic. I, I really don't. I know a lot of people will be critical of that point, but uh, that's just what it is. I just don't think he's good enough for Celtic, and I don't think he's good enough to be a, a backup because he still makes mistakes. You don't he, think so? No, I don't. Well, well that's. Okay. I, I, I think I don't mean to mean a backup if, if he doesn't ever play. I, I think I think he's, he's been all right. Yeah, in the sense it's coming, and I think he's. I don't know if we, you know you miss KT because he brings, as you say, something slightly different. But also, I think Celtic's been doing okay without him. But I also think that the opposition that Celtic have faced since KT has been out has actually been. It's. I think you can't. You know, people say Celtic had a slight dip. And maybe they had, I don't know if that's quite true, but also they had a period where they didn't really meet any of the top five in the league. So I think Izzy was more than good enough to play in those games and be quite good in those games. But I think what I've noticed with with Tierney more and more is, is he is he does things very effectively and, and simple. And just one example is you often see Izzy staying out quite wide and hitting hitting the crosses from out quite out wide. What I like, really like with Carantini, one of the many teams I like with him, you know, obviously. Of course. Is that he, he does this really simple thing where he, he gets, he either gets the ball and takes a few steps towards the 16-yard box or he, he, he actually gets the ball there. So he, he's he's often very much closer to the 16-yard box when he hits across. And it's, it's a really simple, obvious thing, but he, he's very good at it. So he's always there, so he can always, either he's a better position to hit the accurate cross or he's also... He's, he just finds the space of getting around. And if you get around the guy, if you're close to the 16-yard box, you just immediately make it more a dangerous situation. For a lot of wingers and fullbacks, they stay out wide, and the crowds say, if, if they whip uh, a crossing from out wide, the crowds go, yeah, good, well done. But if you whip a, cr- a crossing from out, really out wide, 
you know, it's really little chance that anything's going to happen with it. Yeah. So it's good at actually getting into the right areas. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also think, um, I think a lot of these, um, a lot of kind of fullbacks especially, um, think if they get a ball in, that's their job that's done. That's their job done. But it's, it's not. It's about accuracy. It's about picking someone out. And Kieran Tierney, what I love about him as well is his uh, variation in how he crosses. He hits low, hard shot um, crosses into the middle of the box. He hits floaty ones. He hits, you know, just a, a good, decent cross, you know, decent size and stuff. Decent size? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's not a thing. Just a decent cross. Um, but the point is, it's his variation that really makes him, you know, uh, you know, if you compare him to Ezeguiri from a crossing point of view, oh, it's I, I don't think he's afraid of just playing a simple ball back if the cross is known. Whereas, as you say, I think if you, you know, a crowd would probably get on a wingers or fullbacks back um, if he tries to go past his marker two or three times and loses it. Whereas he hits a crossing five times, they're fine with that. Although, you're probably more likely losing possession whipping a crossing than actually trying to take on your man. Yeah. So, it's just one of those things that fullbacks and wingers dot quite a lot. But Tony, it just seems... <laughs> it's, it's like he doesn't need to think about it. It just plays really simple and very effective without almost looking like he's trying. Um, and the thing about Kieran Tierney is when um, Scott Sinclair scored that terrific goal, by the way, unbelievable technique. When he scored that goal, um, I don't, I don't know if anyone picked up on it. Kieran Tierney goes ballistic, Hi. and he ran up to him and he, and he hugged him, and it was like every goal. Like he is like a supporter on the pitch, um, except he's really, really good at football, which is great. Um, unlike Peter Grant. Um, so with um, with the Albion Rovers match, uh, we're into the next round. Um, we've got Inverness, Caledonian, Thistle at home. The only team to take any points of us from a league pers- perspective. Um, to terrible conceded goals in that game. We've come a long way from that game. Um, is there any, just in terms of the Albion Rovers, any other kind of comments you want to make? Uh, the different, I mean, I mean, Stuart Armstrong was was actually pretty quiet, still tidy in possession, but um, he still scored the goal. I think we had the, the Forest v Roberts uh, discussion as well on the WhatsApp, and I think in that's a good point, Tony. <laughs> I think in they really, I think in those kind of games because the space is so tight. The only really way you're going to... Well, the easiest way to create space is by somebody taking on a man and actually beating him. And to be fair, I think Forrest tried, but he kind of depends on his pace and space to actually go past people. Whereas we saw when Roberts came in, and fair enough, you, you, you know, the Albion Roberts players was probably quite fatigued just from concentrating and you know, it was an easier match, but he's just so, he just glides past him. And he can do it without having a big speed or having lots of space. And, and that directly led to two of the goals as well. But he did that in the Champions League as well. Let's not. Exactly. Let's not. He, he did it at Man City. And he did it in München Gladbach. He literally glides past players. Um, and that's the, the. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to Patrick Roberts in a minute. Um, Inverness, Caledonia, Thistle at home. Louis, um, the fact that it's at home doesn't really put you put much fears for you. Cali Thistle not having a great season so far. Good points off us, but um, happy with that. No, I mean, home, it could have been easier, probably could have been worse. Home draw, you've got to be happy as long as you're at home. I mean, yeah, we've only lost two goals in the calendar year of 2016. Yeah, I think they'll be, I I do think they'll be tough. I think they will pose a threat, and they've certainly, as you say, they've taken a point off us domestically anyway, so um, they're going to put up a good fight but I mean at the end of the day you're at, we're at home we shouldn't have any fear about beating anybody else really that we could have got so let's just go for it Would you have liked to get Rangers just to put them out? 
As in like this early? Oh, no, no, no. No. No? No. I didn't. No, I played them as few times as possible in the year. That's, hey, listen, that's fair enough. I hope, I, they I, get, I hope they get pumped out of someone else. But frankly, you know, if we do have to play play them, I'd rather play them. I'd I'd like them to be at the cup as quickly as they're, as soon as as possible. Oh, of course. Just just so therefore there's no other sort of because when we do this treble, and I'm not saying that arrogantly, I just I believe that God and Donald Trump is going to make us do this treble. Yeah, and uh, it looks happy. Um, so and I'm not taking anything. I'm not taking anything for granted. I just have that feeling. So I'd rather. I don't want them to get any glory at all. Um. Because I, don't, I don't think you have to worry about that. Because they're second. But then, the further you go in the tournament and then get papped to it, the bigger the heartache. I kind of like that. <laughs> Firstly, that's like something out of fucking Twin Peaks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the psychological damage is what gets you through the night. Let me ask you this before we kind of move on. Um, are you surprised what Rangers are second? Uh, yes, I am. Are you surprised how poor Aberdeen have been this season? Uh, yes, I am. I think... I've been kind of disappointed with Hearts and Aberdeen, to be honest, but um, I don't know, I, I just feel as if it's kind of been masked a wee bit. I mean, Rangers, they've not really done much against the teams that finished in the top half last year. They went, they did have a, a wee unbeaten spell there of, what, four or five games. Um, they have been good at home, to be fair. I think we're the only team that beat them at home. Um, but, you know... I, I, I don't necessarily think it's going to be like that for the rest of the season. I think the likes of Aberdeen and hopefully Hearts, because I'd like Cathro to, to do a bit better. I, I'm kind of hopeful that the two of them are going to pick up the pace a bit in the second half of the season. And having said that, if Aberdeen wins their game in hand, they're, they're past Rangers. So even having had a season that they've kind of... <laughs> They kind of faltered, and I, I don't think I'm, I'm. I'm never been a big fan of McInnes. I, I, he's, he still has the third most money in the league. He should be third or second, and he should be challenging them. So, I, I can I just jump in for one second. I'm not a fan of uh, Neil Lennon in terms of being a football manager, but I think if you give Lennon that squad, I don't think he does any worse from what I, they've done. I don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anything he's done is revolutionary. I, do, I don't think McInnes have overachieved at Aberdeen in any way. No, I think I think it's. He should be. where he should be. Yeah, should where he should be. But then uh, is that not him failing to meet his own standards? Because I mean, it has been him that has picked them up from. I mean, from where he got them from. I think he's done a hell of a lot for them, and he's he's brought better players to the club, and put them on a much better footing. And I think he's maybe failing to reach his own targets. Yeah, no, I, mean, I think yeah. you're. I mean, don't get me wrong; he does deserve. Um, not necessarily praise. Well, yeah, okay, he does deserve praise for. I think Aberdeen were finishing eighth. When he took over, um, and he got them two, he got third, second, and second. Um, fair enough, but I think any sort of manager who had uh, actual genuine vision, and any young progressive manager who had a thought of, okay, I'm going to take this on, and I'm going to take it on with my own uh, specific laid out plans, long term plans. I don't think he's had a long term plan. I think he's just bought with the. I think, and to be fair, that's probably what Lennon would do as well. But long term vision is something that's fucking lacking from Scottish football anyway, and that's why Brendan Rodgers coming out clearly having one is why we're so far apart from everyone. As much as obviously we've got the best squad and all that, I just think. What's I don't it? know. I think I, I would disagree. I think he's. I think it's it's in a way harder for teams like Aberdeen. 
to have a longer term view but still want to to challenge and you know his main aim was to establish himself establish Aberdeen as the second best team in the country and I think he's done that over the years he's players like Rooney uh, Hayes um, these are players that have been there for a number of years he's managed to keep a hold of them good players who would probably go into any other team in the in the league I mean and, and it's not as if they wouldn't have had people after them like you've seen with Hayes just now I actually think he's okay they're obviously going to be light in areas but I think he's built and he's had to change it but I like so you know maybe like uh, Barry Robson had a massive impact and role to play there he left even somebody like Willow Flood who went there and done a really good job for them while he was there maybe not in in massive games but over the piece he was a a really good player for them players like Peter Pollitt and that he's brought some he's got some exciting players there I think it's just it's difficult When, when, especially when they have absolutely, let's face it, no money, I think it's difficult for them to really, you know, what what are they going to do? They're not going to get like Cairn Tierney's of this world and and bed them in and keep them for for years and years because it'd be snapped up within but, but within minutes. But don't you think they've got? Um, it's easier for them though because they don't have to win every week. Whereas for yeah. us to um, for us to embed a player like Kieran Tierney. Um, it's going to take longer. A guy like Calvin but Miller, then that's also or a guy like Liam Henderson. If a guy like if Liam Henderson was at Aberdeen, he'd have a lot more game time, and therefore they could actually develop him. Of course, but then that, that's one thing that he's going to be wanting to change is the men- he's going to want to bring a mentality to the club of it's not good enough to to get beat every week. He's and trying it. to change the mentality of a club must be a difficult thing. I know I sound like his biggest fan here, but I genuinely think if if he didn't have allegiances to the other side of Glasgow, I think. A lot of people that, oh well, yeah, I mean, we maybe talk to and listen to this podcast would probably be a, a bit more complimentary I, of him. Yeah, no. Is he failing? Is he maybe failing just now? Yes, but I think it's failing at his own standards as opposed to but where the, the club should be. No, but my, my point is, this is the first time where he said a challenge other than Celtic, and he's folded. No, I hope Aberdeen do finish second. I hope they have a terrific second part of the season. Well, you think he, you think he's fluffing it now because of Rangers? Well, clearly, I think the pressure of having to not only keep up with us, but keep up with them, because they would be second just now. I think if when it wasn't for Rangers, and I that's th- the point. Mm. I think when McInnes, I, I, it's not going to deny, Aberdeen has some had some very good spells over the last two seasons, but I think pretty much every time it's come really to the crunch, and I don't mean crunch as in a big game against Celtic, because they have turned up against Celtic a couple of times. They beat us a few times, when- absolutely, but consistently they've had a chance to maybe edge towards them or maybe do something in Europe or something like that and he's just kind of folded and you, you looked at I just question his his maybe his, his mentality look at the League Cup finals is a perfect example he shat it <laughs> Aberdeen absolutely <laughs> he shat it he shat it <laughs> but he, he they came out and like it was quite obvious the way you have to try and beat Celtics this season is to be brave and ha- to be effective. And he did the same thing as um, Warburton did in the semi-final where they said, oh, look, I'm, I'm not going to go for the win. I'm, I'm not going to... I don't want to get embarrassed. I'm just going to sit in and hope for a lucky 1-0. And if it's just, if we lose 1-0, hey, I've, I've come out with respect. I think McInnes did the same thing. Whereas last season, he was maybe a bit more offensive and he, he's, he's just... He's kind of folded at some of the key parts. And again... Yeah, I don't think he's done a bad job, but with the resources Aberdeen have, 
they're in the place they should be. I, I really don't think he's overachieving in any way. But here's the thing, though, like, and, and this is my point, Louis. If you take Rangers out of the league, um, Aberdeen are second by six points. They're six points ahead of Hearts. And that's my point, that the first time he's had more than one team... The more the he also did beat Rangers. Yeah. And by the way, if he wins his game, his hand he goes a point ahead of them. I just think that... And by the way, it might just be the fact maybe the players aren't good enough in terms of having to really step up to having to win maybe most of their games. And that's fine. When you've got Ash Taylor in your team, you're going to lose games. Do you know what I mean? Now, my point is, will Christie replace Hayes? Is Christie a replacement for Hayes? Um, will Hayes go to Cardiff? Um, because Has he gone now? Uh, no, no, I, I, no. Well, the, 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 obviously the bid's still there. I can just see the fact that Christie plays on on the left as well. The fact that maybe your man uh, McInnes has thought if I'm going to lose him, I need someone to bring in. And Christie, thoughts on Christie going on loan? I'll start with you. It's pretty funny. I I think, I think it's pretty funny because it, it, would, it, it see how much how much have changed in the year as well because it would never happen. No, last season. Uh, but it also shows a obviously there isn't that threat to Celtic this season. And also that it is pretty funny that they're loaning somebody who you could get quite a few games for Celtic if Rodgers wanted to, you know, he'd do a, he'd do a, do a good job for Celtic. But yeah, it's, it's I don't know if it's completely operation get Aberdeen second, but it's I, I think overall it's pretty funny. I think it's a good move for Christie as well because as I say, it's, it's for all we've slid him out, Aberdeen is, if not the second best, at least joint second best team in the country. So Thoughts, big man? Uh, yeah, a bit of a weird one. It's especially when you know the kind of atmosphere between Celtic and Aberdeen. The fact that there has been a bit of a rivalry in recent years, and the games up there are always like horrible. Yeah, and I mean that in a good way. Like yeah, it's a genuine game. Yeah, it's a genuine game. You know, us giving them a player seems it does. Even Derek McInnes accepting a player is a bit. Um, it's a bit of a funny one, but I mean, from a positive point of view. Ryan Christie, who I really like, I I really want him to have a really good career at Celtic. I, I really hope this isn't like the start of the end. But um, him going there to this, what well, I think second best team in the country, where he's going to hopefully get game time in the same league, good experience. Why not? I mean, and it, do you know it's an, if they do, let's say for example they do get rid of Hayes, right? Um, Hayes is one of their best players. If you know. Let's be honest, he's probably their star player. So if they get rid of Hayes, he's going to have to deal with the pressure of replacing their best player, which is pressure he won't have had before, and hopefully it's pressure that will you know, ease him into if he does come back. Because, frankly, there are only... Pl- we only have... Right? We've got Tom Rogic, right? We've got your boy. Um, and he is, you know... He, Technically, he's just he's just absolutely superb. We'd, we'd all agree on that. But when Tom Rogic isn't playing, I would have hoped that Christie would have been the guy to step into Tom yeah. Rogic's shoes because Armstrong can't play that role. Armstrong is um, his weight of pass. My the point I made in the pub on on, on Sunday was the number ten role. Your weight of pass has to be so accurate and to- so spot on that Armstrong can't do that um, because his passing isn't as good as you know would like it to be. Christie would have been the ideal. Yeah. I also think on that point that Celtic play slightly different in midfield this season. I think Scott Brown has, um, he, he does sit deeper. And if you look at some of, um, I think it was Mark Cooper on Twitter who put up one of the videos of Rogers talking about how he plays, how he wants to play the three central midfielders. Yeah. Optimal, uh, 
ideally is that he he would like um, a fancy tactical word, a pivot, you know, a one and a two. So you have somebody who sits at the back and controls the pace of the game. Mm-hmm. And he keeps it ticking um, and he has the overview. And I think that's partly why Bitton, Bitton hasn't played that much as well because Brown is technically taking a slight step back and he is more of a in a quarterback role, he keeps things keeps ticking. So, so the two in front is almost like not two number twos, but two at more attacking midfielders. And that's I think why Armstrong plays so well now because that it's kind of in between a sitting central midfielder and also an attacking one. So I think that's he's playing well. I think Roger might, for all of Louis loving him, I think he might find. Of the midfield tree now, I don't think Armstrong might be the first one to go out if somebody else comes in. I think ideally, Rogers wants somebody who can do a little bit more than Rogic throughout the game, especially in Europe, especially high intensity, high pressure, and still do the same thing as him. So I think Rogic might be the first one to drop out to the first 11 if you got brought somebody else in central midfield in. Not maybe necessarily a Brewer, but if somebody like McCarthy came in, I think it's Rogic rather than Armstrong going out. Sorry, Lou. Um, just, we've got some questions and they're relevant to what we're talking about. Uh, Derek at the boy Miz, um, with Rogic back fit, Armstrong in the form of his life, and a Bowie now here, how do you fit everyone in? So you you have the opinion if they don't fit two seven one you play two seven no one, I, seven I, I, eight nine that ten the goalkeepers eleven yeah that works <laughs> so I well I I think I think he wants to play Brown deep and I think he wants the two ahead of him to be as I said a bit more you know high intensity and can go up and and to support. Um, that's certainly the, Armstrong, the and it's I think it's what, Armstrong. It's what we're get, the reports we're getting it's, from Mabui. That seems to be yeah, and it's also well. why you probably see McGregor playing more and more games. So while I've been not been on the pod for a while, there's been quite a few interesting discussion about <coughs> Armstrong and McGregor and, and squad players. Now, for me, Armstrong and McGregor, in a way, is ideal squad players because it's a. And people say like, oh, they're not quite good enough for Celtic and. And so on. And first of all, you can see somebody Armstrong developing himself. But I think they're perfect squad players because they're just on the cusp of the first team. They're local. They really want to stay at Celtic. They want to impress. They they could stay there for a long while. And they both have the talent for at least periods to be some of the best players in the league on their day. Now, they don't have the consistency to maybe drive the team in Europe. But I think players like Armstrong, McGregor, I think Henderson can become one. I think people writing off Henderson way too early. Mm, And I also think... And Christie Christie fits that as well. He is somebody John that McGinn, could, John McGinn fits it. Well, yeah, okay, maybe. But I, I do think Armstrong stays, McGregor stays. I think there's a role for Henderson in that squad as well. I think maybe you need one more midfielder if a bit on goals, but that's I think that's pretty much it. Louis, um, what do you think um, when everyone's fit who plays? And how do you squeeze Ibuwe in in terms of do you put him in when, before the league's won? And you did a funny wee look there. Like it was a dirty thing I said, and it wasn't, was it? No, no. Um, how do you how do you uh, bring a buoy into the the squad uh, the first team? Um, do you put him in from the start and get him to know him, or do you wait till we're closer to wrapping the league up? I've, I I think the buoy one is really difficult to be honest. Because um, Beton, sorry, to jump in, but Beton has been a most used substitute. Yeah, so uh, uh, McGregor's th- been used as a sub. I think he takes. Oh, I think he takes Beton's place um, in terms of for the rest of the season. I think that's the role that he'll play. He'll come on as a sub and and 
be that guy who kind of shuts things down, which is fine. Um, I think he's got to get used to the physicality of things. Um, he's got to maybe bulk up a bit, like what we seen with Winyama when Winyama arrived. We didn't see him really for the first couple of months um, because he was doing weights in the gym, and he got it became a buff thing. Boom. Um, didn't understand the last thing you said, but yeah, it, sounds, I don't, uh, it sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I think Abui might end up doing the same, but kind of be drip fed in. But I mean, it does sound as if it's, it's kind of difficult. Do you even say he, he plays the Brown role? Because Brown doesn't even play that role really now. I mean, Brown's role can change. Sometimes he, he sits back and dictates. Sometimes he's he seems to be back to his kind of driving force self, you know, that he used to be. But then you've got Armstrong doing that. I, I'm not sure it's uh, as difficult. I still think you've got to have Tam. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> technically, as you said, he has. He's he is the greatest. Um, I didn't say that. I like. No, him you though. did. Uh, just not a word. But he is the greatest. I think that the thing with Tam though is. I don't think there's anyone better at keeping the ball so high up the pitch as what he does. And there's no one really that offers that. Not even McGregor, who probably should be good at it. He can't hold the ball and keep us high up the pitch the way that, that Roger can. Not, that's not even to mention his, his passing ability and his vision and the way he can dictate things in the final third. So I think he's got to play from an attacking point of view. Who else you have in there is difficult. I mean, Ibui, I think Brown has to start having a diminished role at some point in terms of the yeah. amount of games he plays. So surely he's going to come in and take over. Armstrong, Armstrong's on a mental run of form, but Armstrong's form might not keep up. I, I, will, I will. I hope it does. I will. But I will. it might all go peak. It won't. I think that with Dembue, we I don't think any of us no? know exactly what kind of midfielder he is. And even if we knew, at 19, he might develop into something completely different. Just like Ayer, which brings us well, to... Yeah. The, the, uh, the exactly. Co- well, actually, before I get there, I want to ask you, Louis. Uh, Daniel Miller at Danny Mill 95 Do you think, in your opinion, will there be any more business in before the transfer window uh, closes? And who slash what position would you like to see strengthened? Uh, yeah, I think we will. Uh, I think we Roger's will get mentioned one, one more, maybe yeah. in the pipeline. I think we will get one more in. I don't think it will be a defender. I don't think it will be a midfielder in the centre of the pitch. I think this talk of this Nigerian boy, I've never heard him. Just like I've never heard the Abui. But if it's a guy who can play up front and also out wide, that would make sense to me. To be honest. Um, my fear is he's described as a wonder kid and when you're described as a wonder kid you're always but shit then that, but that's paper pish but I, I think some someone someone who can play out wide you know let's face it Paddy's going to leave so on the right you've only got Forrest on the left you've got Sinclair and Gary Mackay Stephen if you can if we are going to have someone who can maybe potentially play out on the right but can also do a job up front that's I, I think that would make sense. I can't see us getting anybody else in the middle of the pitch. I don't think we'll sign another centre-back until we've got some of the deadwood away. We're not going to sign a right-back. We're not going to sign a left-back. I, I mean, I, I think it's more important to get people out the door 
of course, tight, tight the I ship. Want, of course, I want someone else in because it's always cool in that, isn't it? Uh, it's but love it. I, I just, I think we're running out of kind of positions now. I think we need to get rid of some of the. the Let's dump. just buy another goalkeeper in it. We've got four already. Oh. Let's get the dozen. Um, this is coming from uh, Scott Moore. Um, he's, the first part of the question, I think we've we've kind of covered. Does Boyata still have a chance at the club? Um, the other, I think we'd all agree that we, we would hope that he'd probably be moved on but as cover he's not the worst he's better than um, Effie Ambrose um, and the other question he asks is and we want like get your opinion on this Christian are Kelly the right club for Ayer's loan move? Well I think by the things that Roger said and that he said himself is at least it's a club where Celtic can have a good look at him playing in the position they want him to play in the league he will be playing in. And I think in terms of those bottom seven teams in the division, there's, there's not much in it in terms of quality. And I think, as I said, he can he doesn't need to move again. I mean, the kid's only 18. I, I don't he's, think he, he's staying in Glasgow. Yeah, staying in Glasgow, you know, just doing the commuting, you know, down there in 77. So that, that's, that's good. Um, so I think in it, it takes all the bo- bo- boxes. I think it's quite a common sense move. Um, it's quite clear that Celtic, as I said, wants to play him as a centre half. It's a position he's never really played competitive football in much. He's got, I think, a few games there for the Norwegian under youth national teams. But he's more often a central midfielder, even a bit more attacking or a defensive one. But a bit more I, attacking, really? He, yeah, he started out as an attacking player, uh, mostly in, in, in Norway. But he's, he's just gradually gone backwards. And I think probably if you look at him, his size, I don't think he really maybe have the, the pace, pace and the yeah. dynamism to really be a top central midfielder. Maybe a more defensive one, but then that kind of defensive midfielder is not really in vogue now. You're a bit more, you're supposed to be a bit more dynamic rather than a bit more laid back and, and, and tall. So I think centre half makes perfect sense in terms of his skills and his, his capabilities and I think I think he, he apparently played quite well against Hamilton at the weekend so I think yeah it's just I think it's a common sense move just as uh, O'Connell's move is so. um, you, you make an interesting point about there not being much of a muchness in terms of quality Kilmarnock are 10th on 20 points Ross County are 6th on 23 points yeah. so there's there's literally only what 3 points between um, being in the bottom 3 and the top 6 then it's only Four points down to him in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that that's the kind of really interesting. That's Inverness are bottom of the league. And he, coming from Norway, he knows how to play on an artificial pitch. So. Yeah, I was going to say that would that would be he would know he would have previous on that anyway. So I mean, I think if you grow up playing football in Norway now, you'll you, you play on artificial pitches, and about over half the clubs in the top flights does even have artificial pitches. So I mean, the proper artificial pitches. I've heard some quite bad thing about both the Hamilton pitch and the Kilmarnock one. Is it six G? I think Norway is about 15G now. But, they're 40G. Yeah. Jesus. That's Apparently Celtic's got a really top, top artificial pitch in Lennox town. Uh, Matt Ryan, um, what is Ayer's best position and will he be able to keep Kelly up? He will be able to keep Kelly up because um, Kelly will stay up. But um, what is his best position centre? Well, you, we don't really know, do we, really, in terms of moving forward at this point? I, I think, no, we don't. Uh, but as I said, I think obviously Celtic have had a good look at him. He's played there. I think he's mostly played there for the development uh, team as well. But they obviously, you know, they know what they're doing. And I think they've had a good look at his skills and say, yeah, he's going to, uh, th- that should be his position. By the way, um, Matt Rain, um obviously one of the writers for the supplement uh, as well. He's got an article out. Uh, his uh, nickname the- is Make It. 
Oh, legend. Make it rain. Anyway, uh, it's more, it's, that it's, wasn't it, bad. It was all right, yeah. <laughs> Disgust. <laughs> uh, Paddy Roberts, there has been a lot of... I'm just I'm looking over today, um, quite a lot of points about how a lot of people saying, even though even though he changed the game for us yesterday... Um, you know, should we be playing him for the rest of the season? And should why are we developing other people's players? Uh, what is the benefit? Let me. I'm asking Louis Ro- Robert. Louis Robert. Um, I think I got Roberts in my head there because it's Louis McCaffrey, right? Have, been, it, have I been calling you it? the wrong second name for until the wedding? No, <laughs> I'm happy with that. Uh, Paddy Roberts. Do you think that the whole idea of a long term loan, like over eighteen months, jink, it's worked for us, or do you, have we got? any benefit actually I'm not asking the wrong guy I've just realised <laughs> oh Christopher I'm so glad you asked would, um, would we be better developing our own players is the point because people are now saying they should they play them for the rest of the season I think you could condense 18 month loan I think you could condense the good games into about a, a two week spell by the way just um, I think Samani's just sort of his yeah. ears of a, a two week spell during December that's what you could condense 18 months into for Paddy Roberts um, no no he's been he's been great aye? I mean if, if I mean, I'm, I'm sure if you if you've been to if you're a season ticket holder, I'm sure you've had a lot of joy and pleasure out of the wee man's tricks and flicks over the 18 months. Has he picked up the club and taken it to the next level? No. Has he became a much improved player than yes. what we got? Nah. <laughs> really? You just don't like really? him. I don't know why you don't like him. I know I do. I, I really do, do like him. I we really all know why like don't him. like him. I just feel I just feel as if he's not really been consistent enough, personally, and I, I, I don't know. I mean, what is he really? Done? He he does he does stuff in the squad, and I, we mean Sermani were talking about it at the weekend. Um, him and Dembele um, turn up for all the the big games. They uh, when it, when it, when the pressure's on and it's a big game, they never disappoint, and that's the mark of a truly quality player in my position. You know, there are some times when he maybe doesn't have a great game at home to you know one of the, the kind of bottom five in the league. He's not changing the game the maybe the way you'd maybe like, but see when it comes to the key big matches, Paddy Roberts always turns up and he always he always performs, and that's the mark. Now, unless you're playing in a, a Glasgow derby, he doesn't he doesn't like them. He doesn't like an open goal. The last one he was terrific, and he played a really good ball. Uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> an assist, pretty much a semi assist. A semi assist. I, I think what people might easily forget about Paddy Roberts is he's still a teenager. He's, he's younger than Christie. Yeah, and he's, he's he's younger than Henderson. He's still a teenager, and he's done some pretty impressive stuff in the Champions League already this year against really good opposition. Now, if you take any nineteen-year-old who done those kind of things in the Champions League, you'd be. You know, weren't really exciting, and, and so he should be. So I think he's. If you compare compare him to Forrest, Forrest is maybe a bit more consistent just now. But obviously, Paddy Roberts is a much bigger talent than James Forrest. He's got a lot bigger skill set. Forrest got some skills that Roberts maybe doesn't have, but his potential is is frightening. I think if you look at all the players, maybe just in terms of potential, a Celtic just nice. Maybe just. Dembele maybe who has a bigger potential than Paddy Roberts that doesn't mean he, he will yeah. break through I think there's things he need to work out and improve to do that but I think now he's, he's kind of been between two stools as well because do you think he should stay for his well, own benefit I, I, think, I think I'll say a lot about what 
is in he's the not plan. St- by what, the way, he's not staying. He's came out today and said that he's not staying. Oh, really? Yeah. He came out today and basically said he's going to go back to Man City. And that's what I think all the sort of negative... Well, don't play him then for the rest of the season. A lot of negativity came yeah. out because people... And, I, you know, I understand what they're saying and, you know, I, I get where they're coming from. But if you've got... Uh, if he's... You play your best team. I think you do that for at least you, at least the next part of the season. But I also think, you, as we said before, Rodgers needs to keep an eye on what's going to happen in the Champions League. There's no if Rodgers is uh, Rogers, if Roberts is 100 percent not going to stay, there will come a point, say maybe March, April, where you go, look, there's absolutely no point playing because everything is <laughs> probably won, and except for the Scottish Cup. And you just need to look at you know what are our options for next season. Um, people people do say that you know they tend to go back to City, and that might be a signal to City. I wouldn't be totally surprised if he comes back home. Brian Murray's asking pretty much that thing of um, if you know Roberts was to to leave, um, would you bring in, try and bring in a replacement for him in January? Like again, that comes back to you looking ahead to the Champions League. Again, yeah, if, if you have the right player and you want him, and he will fit future yeah there's absolutely no point replacing him just for six months with yeah. somebody because you, you do, it's still he's not in that position anymore they're not fighting for the league they're not in europe anymore if if, if robert's gone that's not going to make any difference probably in any sense so no you don't bring in somebody just to bring somebody in yeah obviously if it's the right person right price uh and the right you know he has the skills and what we'll need and he might be a potential starter next season yeah you, you should but I highly doubt that player will be available in the next week. Um, I think the the point I'll just make about Paddy Roberts is I think he's a terrific talent. I think his next move could make or break him in a lot of ways because he needs football and he needs to develop. But Paddy Roberts going to a team who are struggling in the English Premier League or a team that has, uh, you know, aren't always in the front. Paddy Roberts is a guy I think personally who needs to be playing a team who are always on the front foot. He's he's not he's not necessarily the quickest, so therefore he's not going to be great counter attacking. He's a luxury. He's a luxury squad player. <laughs> and, and he says he says, he <laughs> says that without you. irony, and he <laughs> likes Tom Tom Rodrick. I know <laughs> Tom Rodrick. He's the same kind of player. Piss off! No, he's yes. not. Tom's got a whole set. This sounds, this sounds like a guy who is um, in love with a girl. And the girl asks about the boyfriend. What do you think of my boyfriend? He's like, ah, he's all right. Uh, he's all right. He's a nice talent, yeah. but... It's because you're in love with Ian Tierney. No, right. I, I, I take your point about his, his potential. Of course, he has a, a he has a hell of a lot of potential. I'll give you that. Where does he go? Where where sh- What team would he have to be in to really flourish? What position would he play? I think there's still so many question marks about him. And it's a shame for him. I mean, it's not it's not our problem because he's not going to continue with us, I don't think. But for me, Paddy Roberts would be like David Silva, right? Fantastic. But he cannot dictate a game what? like the way that he can. Okay. No, he's <laughs> not where that was going. But he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna be able to because obviously he's he's only a teenager still. But that is the type of player that Paddy Roberts really is. He's not a winger. He's not got any pace. Number 10. He's not got any pace about him. He's not really got much of a defensive side to his game. I don't know. I don't think he can play in the middle either. Really, I think he's better coming off the wing, cutting in. And I think but he'd be in that kind of David Silva. But how many teams down in England is is he going to go down and play a David Silva role? I think you're I not going to get it. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Louis. Even you maybe weren't trying, but um, oh no, I always try. <laughs> I think Paddy Roberts. 
as you say, he, he, his best role might be more centrally, but that he's, you know, he's not at the point of quality where he can be a good number 10 central midfielder and play in England because to be that kind of player and play in England, you have to be, exactly. just because of physicality, you have to be a David Silva or Juan Mata maybe. Um, I think he would you do well in a league like the Spanish league. I think that was something that would fit him a bit yeah. more yeah. naturally. Abroad, so, abroad might fit yeah. Him. yeah. I mean, Ryan Gold's starting to really play well in Portugal. It's taken him time to get accustomed to it, but we'll just buy him. That'll be fine. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I just This was something I just wanted to ask you. Uh, in terms of um, going out on loan, um, we've got O'Connell's out on loan. He's not coming back. Um, we've got Ayer out on the loan. Big things. Fancy things happening with that guy, I'm sure. Um, we've big got guy, big b- things. Big, big Christie's on. Uh, big Christie. Christie's out on loan. I mean, what are the benefits of loan, really? Because how often does a player come back and he's uh, gets back into the first team? Well, uh, um, d- just to, before we okay. labour on this point for ages, um, he's, got the, he's got the squad up again. We've got Yanko, O'Connell, Commons. Commons still technically. Where, games, did, he, where did Yanko go? He's at uh, Bristol City. God knows who cares. Oh, really? uh, Scott Allen uh, looks as if he's going to go back. Ayer, uh, John, is it John or Josh Thompson? John, John. Uh, it's Joe. Th- it's Joe Jay. Thompson. Joe Thompson. Joe, uh, Joe. That's what I was going to say. Aidan Nesbitt and Christie. Mm-hmm. So all of those players are all away. You would imagine that. I mean, the young boys will come back, but the likes of Allen, yeah, Commons. I do think that Christie O'Connell Yankel. Yeah. I think Christy O'Connell and I are in a slightly different position than the other ones there. I think those have been trees is being put out to play in the Scottish League. And I think it's maybe not a coincidence that none of the others are in the Scottish League. O'Connell's down south. That's a very that's a good point actually. That yeah. kinda ruins my point. But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll just jump over that. <laughs> O'Connell we'll doesn't have a future at Celtic. Uh, he, he doesn't I, I, I was, he just doesn't I, I, t- I don't know. I think Ayer's I, think, I, I think those three players now. have gone out and said look that's six months where they certainly will keep a close eye on them. I still think all three of them might have a, a place in the squad next oh, season. More chance than, say, Yanko and Al and, and some of the other people. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I, I just, I, 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 very reg- I mean, McGregor went out alone and he came back. Rogic went out alone and came back. Um, it does some, although Rogic went out on loan and actually didn't have a good loan when he was away, whereas McGregor improved, you know, from you know first team experience, scoring goals. So I remember Liam Miller years ago went to Denmark because with that Henderson went out, and he's, oh, well, not, he's been uh, out a couple of times. But uh, but he's he's not he's never had again though. Henderson is what twenty twenty one twenty one. He's I still think it's it's way too. I mean, remember people wrote of. Stuart Armstrong when he was what, like six months ago, twenty three, twenty four. I, I I really think people are writing off Henderson way too early. But I, I, you know, we 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 want Henderson to survive and to to be a Celtic great and a Celtic legend. I just personally don't see it, especially with the Bowie coming in now and McGregor taking. You know, McGregor who's going probably going to end up being a left back. Um, just finishing up with because uh, we're going to talk about the World Cup. Are you excited, Louis? You talk about the World Cup? No. And Marco van Basten. <laughs> and where is European football headed? Can Intercontinental we, can we, Cup. Can we just can we just like give those different topics the absolute weight <laughs> that they deserve and save them all for separate podcasts that I am not on? <laughs> <laughs> no. We're not actually talking about them tonight, are we? We're gonna talk we've only got ten minutes left, so it's only gonna be ten minutes. Is that alright? Holy sh <laughs> I'd rather talk about Barry McKay. 
Okay, Does I see you've got that round. I'd rather talk about him for <laughs> 10 minutes. Okay, well, we're going to talk about him for Let's get 10 minutes one, out of him, just minute. like somebody's about to get 6 million out of him. Uh, Barry Mackay, uh, he's not worth 6 million pounds, is he? No, he's not. Nope. That didn't take long. No, That's there six you seconds. go. We're going to Van Basten, I. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about Marco Van Basten? Um, I, wrote an, I wrote a terrific article for the name and it was Sonic Supplement. Um, have you read it, Louis? No. Can we actually go back to the Barry Mackay But I've got a point to make. Okay, make your point then. Right. I'm taking over here. Do you know, right, see, we were talking a bit earlier about Beton and, and money Aye. and cashing in and all that. Six million as a Nobody's figure gonna pay six million came from one article in one paper. With no sources. With no sources and no bid made. And suddenly this guy is being touted for six million off the back of one written piece in a shitty newspaper in Glasgow. No. I'm, I'm sorry, that's just absolute madness. And if someone pays money for him, like millions of pounds, it's it's crazy. I do think the boy, I, I think his feet are lovely. I mean, it's not Tam's feet, but his feet are nice. I, I think you're right. He's I, two-footed. I think he has attributes. The skills. I don't think he has the head in terms of... I don't think he's technically anywhere. He, he's, he's got a lot of raw talent. I think it's, he, he, he turns players really quickly and he's, he's got good feet. He's not very effective. He hardly scores goals. He hardly sets up goals. I think he's... I think one of the things, uh, you know, what I've seen Rangers is, is like his defensive work, is, especially in, in the last um, game against Celtic. I mean, he was... He, he's, he seems to be... a. Um, Impulsive and a raw talent, but in terms of being, you know, uh, decision making and you know, and, you know, having a tactical understanding, he's not. Um, and fair enough, he's young and he might develop that. But we just talked about Paddy Roberts. Paddy Roberts is in a completely different league than Barry Mackay in in terms oh. of his understanding of the game and, and everything else. I think if Barry Mackay were to go to a club in England now, yeah, I think maybe one or two million. But it, I think how much he got left on his contract? A year, year and a half. I don't think. I don't think. Well, no, I think. I think. I think. Someone made a good point where they basically said Rangers can't afford to buy players. So what they do is, and you know, a paper writes a report about how someone's linked away, and then the fans get outraged, and then they sign a new contract, and then it's like signing a new player, and the fans then forget everything yeah. that's not happened. I, They're very easily manipulated. I, I, I know. I, I, football, I, football fans. I think way, he might. Even, like, he he might fans. well develop to be a, a really good. Player and I, you know, he's, he's probably he's one of Rangers' best players, but I honestly don't think he's much better than O'Halloran or Harry Forrester. I honestly don't. I think it's he's, he's just been, you know, that's what we're supposed to think about Barry Mackay now. Whereas you got all players in that other players in that team who are just not about the same level. Is 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 Callum McGregor better than him in terms of consistency and what he's done? Yes, yes. Because he's played more games and he's played at a higher level. He's a slightly different player. Yeah, they are. Different attributes. No, but my point is... Barry Barry McKay strikes me as the wee guy who could take the piss out of you at school. But he's never actually going to step up and do it. He'll he'll turn out to be rubbish. But can he beat somebody and and take the piss out of him a bit? A bit like Lustig? Aye, easy, but he's he's old. We'll place him in the Celtic squad next season. He wouldn't be in front of Forrest. He wouldn't be in front of Sinclair. He wouldn't be in front of well, Robert if he was. He'd probably maybe be in front of Gary McIntyre, Stephen. But 
Well, I, I honestly don't think there's much between them just now. I think it will become a better player than him. Yeah, but not just now. No. The one thing that does annoy me is 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 what I want. I would love to know what James Forrest thinks of him, right? Because seeing that that game at New Year, James Forrest absolutely hid for that for, first forty five minutes, and he let that wee guy. He didn't give any mistake, any absolutely no, any cover a, at all. Absolutely not. But but even in an attacking sense, he absolutely failed, and he let that wee guy, you know, make everybody else think that he, he's he's better than James Forrest. He's obviously gonna he's automatically going to be compared to James Forrest. But they have the same deficiencies in the fact that they they're not very consistent. They can do things in flashes, which are great. But James Forrest. He's the type of, he really needs to kind of kick on again and he's got to, you know, really put down a marker and say, never mind bloody Barry Mackay, I'm I'm the best Scottish winger there is. No on my watch. Aye, with a bunch of expletives after it, but this is a, a classy podcast, isn't it? It pure is, but, uh, right, okay, so we're going to talk about Marco Van Basten now. Um, For about three minutes. <laughs> what, what, what do you think about the idea of football without offsides, Louis? Genuinely. Madness. Um, because ultimately, I think uh, it's not going to happen. Um, his um, his plan was football without offsides, orange cards. What else did he have? He had a bunch of shit ideas. That's what he had. I mean, every single one of those ideas were completely and utterly ridiculous. And the guy's like, what is this? Like the technical director or something in FIFA. Yeah, he's... He'd always just given him a job because of his names because those kind of suggestions were, were ridiculous. And fair enough, you look at aspects of the games that you want to change, but I, I don't know where he's... I mean, I, I think he must have been on, on drugs or something because that those kind of suggestions were just, you know, you just most tin-pot phoning ideas you can ever have. They were, they were just absurd. I love this. Um, he basically, he got upset about the media um, biased. Um, he's got a project of 10 steps that he, th- he thinks will improve football and make it more of an open game. Um, and basically, he wants more goals, which is basically to me saying that he's trying to appeal to the Chinese and uh, American market, clearly. Um, Did he actually say orange card? Because that just annoys me. That's orange lazy. card. That's lazy. He just went between uh-huh. yellow and red. <laughs> Get, like a back, get a black one or pick something. A, pick a good no. colour. But no, but the, pick I, teal or, or, or black or or brown. Jobby brown. No, but the, firstly, Jobby brown is a terrific colour. But the point is, what you, or, orange is in between red and yellow. That's why it's an orange colour. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. It's, it's in between the, the levels. Do. But I mean, he's, he's trying to be radical here. What, he's just going to settle for orange? If you're listening to this at this point, if you were to introduce a new card for whatever reason... Do you remember his name? Who? The guy we're talking to. Oh no, I'm talking to the listeners, friend. All right, okay, sorry. If you're listening to this right now, right, right MP. If if you were going to introduce a new card into the (laughs) sport, for whatever (laughs) reason, what colour would you make a card and why? It's got to be one solid block colour. Tweet is that ninety minutes, Nick. And I think you know, for all the stick that you know FIFA get in terms of rule changes, I think the if you look at the game, maybe from the eighties until now. I think the rule changes have been generally quite good because the two main ones have been the back pass rule, which I think created a lot more open game. And the other one has been the tweaking of the offside rule. Uh, what really annoys me is when people slags the offside rule. Cause I think the offside rule now is great because <laughs> it creates a lot of confusion. People who complain about the offside rule now is the same people who complain about uh, zonal marking corners because if you have a bad man marking, 
you have somebody to blame. It's the same with the offside rule. Oh, it's offside, you know, it's offside. Because the offside rule is quite flexible, it's a lot, it creates it, a lot more goals gets to stand. Because I'm, I'm old enough to remember things like early, late 80s, early 90s, where the offside rule was so inflexible and so many goals were ruled out because of it. So I think the backpass rules, the changes to offside rules, while they're a bit more less black and white now, I think that's a good thing. I think that creates that openness you have. I'm I'm worried about video refereeing. I don't know why we actually need that. I agree. I it's, don't want video refereeing sacks to that. It's it's ridiculous because football should be about and the referee should be about instant decisions. And you see and like, oh if if you have video refereeing you, you can you can, you know, cut out the mistakes. Every single game a highlight show you have people looking at replays after replays from different angles and they still can't agree on it. Yeah. It's absolutely and you have stoppage in the game, it'll stop the game. Nah. You know, the the instant goal thing is fine because it's an instant you know it. Other than that, nah. Um someone th- this was Van Basten's point. Someone asked me about my personal opinion. It's going to be better without that annoying rule talking about the offside rule. I'm convinced by that. You can already see it's a delicate rule because critics immediately say that strikers will stay in the penalty area to wait for the ball, as you see when little kids are playing football. Aye, that's what would happen. That's what would happen. It'll be a completely different game. Uh, share with the orange card, but he says lose. Him away. He's like ah, lose, right? Aye. That's what he says. Somebody can lose. He's like lose. I good on him. Fair enough, fella. <laughs> but it says teams will create more chances. But if guys are standing in the penalty area, you'll still have some. Day- yeah, we'll just get rid of midfielders. It'll literally just get rid of it because yeah, they've- just launch it up. Aye. Do you know? Do you know? Genuinely, the most interesting change would po- possibly be to to football. Introduce two balls. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Multi ball. Put, <laughs> put, put an arm on. <laughs> See, see if you get, see in fairness, right, get to the 70 minute mark and it's still now, now. Toss an ball in. Fuck it. Um, you want to talk about the World Cup? Well, you wanted to talk about it. I don't mind talking about it. I know you don't want to talk about it, so I think we should talk about it. Okay, go on, talk Let about it. Let me be the devil's advocate. I don't think it's such a bad thing to expand it. I think you had, there were 16 teams, I've just actually looked this up, uh, that's why I know it, uh, until 1978. And then there was 20 years until they expanded. Sorry. 1998. Sorry. It was 16 teams up until 1978. There was 24. And then from 98, there was um, 32. And by the time this comes in in 2026, you've had almost another 30 years before you expand the World Cup. So I don't think it's a terrible idea. I don't think there's a lot of people who say, look, oh, look at all these big clubs coming into the Champions League. And it's, you know, you should spread it out more and that's better. I, what's the difference with expanding the World Cup? I think it's a good team that more teams come in. Now, I think FIFA's reasoning and, and their thinking behind it is obviously a lot of politics involved yeah. because, you know, you make sure you have your power base in terms of numbers in, in Africa and, and Asia and that will win your elections. But also, you have to remember, like, if you look at back at FIFA's history and, and somebody like Tim Wicker is really good about this and he's talked a lot about it, is that up until the 1970s, um, I can't remember the English guy who was the president of FIFA now, but it was a really racist organization. And it was hardly, I think in 1966, there was North Korea uh, was the only team outside Europe and South America. So I do think that, well, I don't maybe agree 100% with the allocation. I think Asian teams probably don't deserve eight. I don't think, um, with apologies to American listeners, that the Confederation deserves that many as they have as well. But I think there's definitely a case for expanding. Now you can look at the format of the tournament. Yeah, um, if they're going with this, I think is 
This is 16 groups of three. <laughs> yeah, but they're having an, uh, a knockout tournament before. Well, no, I think they're doing it the way of having 16 teams of three. Oh, that is the knockout tournament. And then you're going to have basically one more knockout round than you have now. Now, fair enough. I think the main gripe against that is like you will have two teams playing one game one game after the last the other team has played their last one so you could have a bit more politics in the last game fair enough but you'll have one more knockout around so i i mean i don't want people get really upset about it. i don't i think as i said it would have been almost 30 years without a change i think you'll have and and you still it's still almost 10 years away so you'll have regions like asia especially with you know the, the way the money goes that those countries will become better and i think the african teams will still just continue to become better and I think, yeah, okay, maybe Asia's got one more, two, one team too many. Uh, I think, you know, New Zealand and the whole Oceanic region should really just be combined with the, the Asia one because now New Zealand's basically qualify every time and you don't want that. See, the thing is, we don't really care because we're never going to fucking exactly. qualify anyway. But no, I, I don't, I don't, uh, see, if, see, I don't, I, want, I don't want people to get so upset about it. I think it's... See, uh, see, if every team was in the World Cup, we would still not qualify for that. We'd still not be invited into it. Like, if every team qualified and it was like, okay, we'll just do one big tournament except you and and then I would... Do, do you even care about international football anymore? Well, I've literally went on to the podcast on my phone and went to a different podcast this point. <laughs> You're quite funny tonight. I like it. Keep right. it up. You need to keep it going. You need to keep the enthusiasm. <laughs> What's your thoughts? Um, actually, do you know what? I've got an interesting question. Have me with a question. Interesting question. I want want to. Okay, this is from Daniel McGowan. Is it fair for English media to criticise the current Chinese football strategy, or are they just whiny wee jealous types? In terms of you know the fact that teams are just paying more money. Yeah, of course they're just kind of shitting their pants that some other countries and some other leagues get more money than they do. I don't think they're going to be massively worried because of the cap that they have over there on, on foreign players, which is obviously going to hinder them a bit. If they didn't have that cap, I think they'd be seriously concerned because, you know, the likes of Diego Costa, for example, if those players, you know, it's one thing for players to go when they're finishing their career. It's one thing for them to go when they are at the peak of their career. Um, it's another thing to go when they're still only 23, 24, 25, with Witzel, who was meant to be going to UV and decided to go to China and chase some money. It's it's funny to see how it's, it's working out. I think if they really want to do it big and really want to make a success of it, they're going to have to relax that rule about the cap on players. And if that happens, I think, to a certain extent, the arse kind of falls out of English but I mean, football. Yeah, but you can't, I mean, I think the whole idea is kind of like the MLS, you bring in you bring in foreigners to de- help to develop your players and, you know, the standard of the league goes up. Mm. Um, but how are you supposed to develop your own players if the league's full of foreigners? Yeah, so maybe they've got a more sensible approach. Maybe they've but, got a long-term but from, approach. But from an English point of view, an English league, I mean, they have to be concerned because if, if they can't attract the best players anymore then surely that impacts on the TV money that they get and then obviously subsequently the teams. It's pretty funny when English clubs complain about it. Um, but I, I don't think China is long-term. I, just, I don't think they're a threat as such in terms of long-term. I think if we, football has gone through different periods like this. I remember Gary Lineker going to Japan. Yeah, that's right. In the early yeah. 90s, you'd had... Uh, where Wenger was managing. Yeah. You had a brief spell where people went to the Middle East and a lot of people went to Russia. Uh, if, if, well, way before that, you even have the US with you know Pelle and Beckenbauer went there. So I think you all have flashes of that where money is spent loads 
but I just don't think there's enough root and, and culture in, in China for that to take grow. It needs to be something that's a lot more organic. I think if you're looking at threats, if you want to say that to European leagues, I think you're probably looking at the MLS in the long term because they're they're actually quite smart in how they're doing things. It's been really, really gradually, but they have a really good fan base now. And I think gradually, bit by bit, you might see that as a league that starts getting better and better players earlier. And I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe be one of the, either if there's a lot more closeness to the South American and the Copa Libertadores and the Copa America comes in, or if you just start playing MLS teams in, for example, the Champions League. I think that's, you, MLS is more a long-term threat than, than China will be. Uh, Paul Carlin tweets, this is, I don't think it's a threat, I think it's a good thing. But. Paul Carlin tweets, this isn't a question, but I met Gal on the freight train on Friday night <laughs> in a pub and it was like meeting actual celebrities. I was, uh, well, Paul's the best. Paul's terrific. I, I had when I was um, it's a wee while back, but I had a, I was on the train going into work, and I had maybe a slightly passive aggressive conversation with the conductor about why I couldn't get a ticket on my smart card. You know, early in the morning and you're a bit grumpy, and then he comes back after opening the doors and it's like, I recognise your voice. Are you on that 90 minute cynic? <laughs> and I suddenly turned my. Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. thanks for listening. I like you. Yeah. Yeah. So, shout out to you if you're listening. Sorry if I was a bit grumpy in the morning. Uh, yeah. That's just got nothing to do with uh, the cynic or our or, or own personal fame. But, um, you <laughs> so know. So, where I, are you going? Well, I've just flooded through. And you know how Michelle McManus got cracked with a guitar case? Got cracked. And that's. I, well, it was in Shawlands. I mean, right. it could have been one of us. But anyway, she gets cracked with a guitar case. I, I get my picture taken there once in the pub after a Celtic Cup final, and I, I found it. Did you not quite fancy you? I'm, I met a famous person, so I know what it's like on the other side. Which you quite fancied you, didn't you? Well, you know, I don't like to brag. Who doesn't? Um, I'm going to. The final kind of question comment is from Hipster Celtic. With Christie and Alan both being sent out alone, is it time for Rogers to resign as Celtic boss? Couldn't have summed it up better myself. Very much. I agree. Right, we're all away to listen to Wilco now. Um, what about, um, Shit. what about my runny watch? Is that? Okay, uh, okay. You do that and I'll run my hair, my hand through my hair and slick it back a bit more. And look a bit hipper. Um, <clears throat> runny watch. Well, I mean, after all of those runny roars and then the divorce um, fr- from from Celtic, obviously he's, uh, he's back. You know, the Norwegian League is only another two and a half months away. Um, so, so, yeah, that, that's there's nothing much happening, to be honest. Just <laughs> so, <laughs> I bet he's having an absolutely fantastic... Oh, he's loving it. Yeah. You know what like, man it. will be loving him? Like, he'll be destroying things. You literally looked... Because the, the Ronnie uh, print is just above us, you literally looked up at him like you were looking at, like, a picture of Jesus, you know, that way. The big just, man, the big man upstairs, the big man upstairs. Do you think enough time's went by now that we could get him on the pod? I'm like, we're all looking at you. I mean, come on. I'll, we'll talk after we switched off. Good stuff. Um, I'll leave that as a hint. We are the 90 Minute Cynic. Um, we're on Twitter at 90 Minute Cynic. Check out our website, 90minutecynic.com, where you can check out the wonderful supplement that has uh, a lot of really, really great writing. Um, thanks for everyone who took part in that. And we'll have one out on the 1st of March as well, um, hopefully PDF'd. If Bald recovers, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll do that. Um, if he doesn't recover, we'll be like a... Um, you know, an RP piece on, on belt. So stay, yeah. stay, stay strong, belt. <laughs> I got really dark. Um, you can check us out on iTunes. If you search for us on iTunes, where we come up instantly. If you could um, subscribe to our channel and a wee positive comment, it would be terrific, to be honest. If you could do that. Uh, speaker, speaker.com slash the 90 minute cynic. Um, 
We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash 90minutecynic. Ultimately, though, if you follow us on Twitter, that's where all of our links and all the information is consistently um, sent out, at 90minutecynic on Twitter. Uh, Christian Wolf, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's great to be back. Hopefully, come back a bit more often now. I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed with your hair. Actually, well, I'll tell you what. It's it's always, I, had the, I had the haircut today, so this has been styled by the barber, so I haven't right. had my chance to really mold it myself. The, so. Yeah, if you could, yeah, save my picture. It's a bit too, it's a bit too much waxing there, but I didn't want to say anything when she. Where'd when you she get it from? Uh, City barbers. Ah, I used to like them. I don't like them so much, unless they're listening. They want to give me a free haircut. Um, oh, and but congratulations to Naz who won the yes. Um, and we got them the shirt about KT. two and months us, after. He so. got us biscuits. And he got us biscuits. Are these the biscuits? Yeah. We mentioned that in the last uh-huh. podcast, actually. So, um, so you, you've been serving us old biscuits? Yeah. No, no, that's, they're from Sermani's. Sermani. Okay. So. Uh, Christian Wolf, terrific. Thank you. Louis McCaffrey, as always, an absolute delight and a pleasure. And your hair is looking amazing. And you're probably going to go rob a bank now or something and take it to Selfie. That. That's what we're doing, doing in, in Boston. That's what we do. Very Boston. Can I just close now? Just like I need to have my and I've I've done that. I've done that like three or four times. We are the ninety minutes, Nick. I am Chris Gallagher, the Gallatron, and we'll speak to you down the road. Bye.